Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is YouTube boyfriend Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? Um, Good. I, I must have been offline. What is that even a reference to? Uh, I saw some article in passing on the New York Times about guys who set up YouTube channels to, like, be internet boyfriends to help girls go to sleep. I don't know. I didn't really read into it. I just wanted that to be the intro. That is wild. That is wild. We're going to have to do a whole episode on that. Yeah. If you want Zach to help uh, put you to sleep... Uh, no, 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 we're not even. Sorry, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> just never mind. Continue with the credits. We're at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry. Z A C Mabry. Email us uh, podcast at romancircusblog.com. That was going to be a thing once. Uh, yes, the Roman Circus Blog. <laughs> Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch. I mean, Roman Circus Pod. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on uh, anywhere else podcasts are. All right, Zach, you spent a weekend in France with the other right wing radicals on how to make France great again. I can't even, I don't even want to try and pronounce what MF. GA would sound like. How is France? Um, France was uh, très bien. Uh, oui. Um, J'adore la, la France. Mm -hmm. um, J'ai étudié la France pour cinq ans. Uh, mais uh, je pas pensé uh, uh, comme ci, comme ça. Totally. Um, uh, what did you what's What did you do? Did you walk around? You Hung out with Marine Le Pen, tried to no. get her re-election. No. <laughs> first time election. No, she was not there. Okay. Um, Marine Le Pen was not there and actually encouraged her supporters to boycott the event that I was at. Because of you. Sure. Okay. Um, no, so the, I was, it was an interesting um, event. So I was there for, uh, it was called La Convention de la Droit, which is the Convention of the Right. Um, mm. And it was put on by uh, Marianne Marichal, um, who is actually my age. She's 29, so she's a lot younger than you. <laughs> um, and, but in trad years, I guess you guys would still be eligible to get married. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, she basically put on this convention to bring people together to have a conversation, right? Like France, um, their presidential election was in 2017, Mm -hmm. um, it you know it came down to uh, Emmanuel Macron versus uh, Marine Le Pen from the right, and obviously Macron has become the the president of France. Mm -hmm. um, he's and he's mostly a goober. He, I guess he's. Uh, I thought of him a lot like Justin Trudeau for a while, mm -hmm. but now that like Justin Trudeau keeps having all of these blackface pictures come out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you have you seen all of them? Uh, no, I didn't really look into it. I saw one of them. I saw the one where he was like trying to be like Aladdin or something. <laughs> so, 
Oh, there's ones where I think he's in ripped jeans, and like even his legs are painted. Hey, ripped jeans, no, no race, Zach. They're I, cool I no matter what. Oh, the, know, le- his legs are painted. He really... That should have been his election strategy. Be like, I go all out on all my blackface costumes, just like I will go all out for the people of Canada. No? Um, yeah. Okay. I'm um, going to wear Canada face next Halloween. Canada face. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Uh, anyway, so you you went to so, this thing to have a conversation. Right, People love having com- conversations. So, you know, it was something completely new. It wasn't really sponsored by any of the existing parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so in France, they have kind of their – it's different there, right? Like they don't have a two-party system. Mm-hmm. But they do have a center-right party that would kind of function like our Republican Party, perhaps. Okay. Um, it has collapsed. And unlike the United States, where the parties just redefine themselves, in Europe, parties can just go away, right? So okay. nobody really knows what's going to happen to the center-right and beyond. There's always been this understanding in France that neither the center-right nor the center-left will ever work with the far-right. Um, okay for you know various historical reasons it now there's an appetite for um cooperation between the center right and people who are a little bit further down the right mm-hmm. not the extreme right which is the difference um the extreme right was not part of this event um but just them getting together and saying that they have you know right-leaning politics it was painted as such um and so that was one of the interesting aspects of it um but basically it was it was almost like, they, so they had some keynote speakers who spoke for longer, like maybe 20, 30 minutes. But for the most part, a lot of it, it was like TED Talk style, um, you know, interventions. And so uh, my friend, uh, Dr. Gladden Pappen. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show, that's right. Um, and deputy editor of American Affairs Journal gave his um, speech towards the end. Um, Marion Marshall gave her speech. So she was kind of the central figure of the event. Um, mm-hmm. She's Catholic, which is one of the reasons that I was interested in going to the conference. Um, a lot of people have met her or know of her because she did the uh, the Sharth's pilgrimage. Are you okay. familiar with that? Uh, only because you told me about it the other day. Yes, so it's this annual pilgrimage where they walk from uh, Notre Dame Paris to Notre Dame des Chartes, mm-hmm. um, and it's like quite a walk. Like I'm trying to remember how long this takes. Okay. Um, it's let's see, let's just see. It's an annual. I'm googling it because I just want to remember the distance. Um, At least three, four kilometers, I'd imagine. <laughs> Right, I don't um, know what a kilometer, how long a kilometer is. Yeah, I don't know either. That's why whenever I like a, a year and a half ago, I was driving in France and I was like, I don't have any. I'm going 200, I think. I don't even. Um, year and a half ago, you got stuck in a rental car station in France. Okay, so it's a 62 mile walk. Wow. Okay, over the course yes. of three days. Wow, that's yeah. Okay. Right. It attracts a lot of young people, and it's really cool because they tend to have the um, the Latin Mass there, which I think just is because it's an international event, right? So it, the 
the ancient liturgy is more suited for like a diverse audience of people that aren't all from the same background and don't mm. all speak the same language. Obviously, if you're from homogenized, you know, the suburbs or, you know, well-off parts of different countries, you know, everything is kind of your language, your history, your way, and that's where the new mass fits perfect. But in this case, um, we're talking about a broader demographic, a, a more diverse crowd, an international group. And in that case, mm-hmm. obviously, the Latin mass is, is sort of more geared towards that, a more um, worldwide open mindset, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's a pretty cool thing to get to experience, um, people who do it, usually it's about 10,000 people that go um, Wow! in the summer. Right. So anyway, because Marion Marshall has, has done the Shards pilgrimage, she kind of has her Catholic bona fides. Um, and she also spoke uh, previously at CPAC in the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, obviously, like, I would never even think to go to CPAC. Um, it would just, I mean, imagine... <laughs> Yeah, I guess maybe I'd go to like I guess talk about it and laugh about it, but the after parties. That's true. A lot of things you have to realize the after parties are why you would go, but even those right. after parties would be I, there'd be like book stands. Like I just <laughs> I don't know. Would you go to CPAC? Yeah, I'd do anything if someone paid me enough. Well, as far as those that's things true. are concerned, right. let's all sell out together, right? Well, and that's what so they. This conference was kind of likened to CPAC, and like, here's why it was different. Mm-hmm. At this conference, there were actual substantive conversations. People just kind of got up and gave their their talks, and that's what it was, you know? Yeah. They quoted One of the- philosophers. There was, you know, all these things. CPAC, to me, is a sort of buy-my-book. Listen, pal. Uh, uh, Sarah Palin is a, is a philosopher. Don't. Don't shortchange America's greatest uh, female Alaskan governor. Anyway. Right. Sarah, (laughs) didn't she, like, put out a book on weight loss recently? Like, at some point? Like, didn't she, at some point, was like, okay, we're done with the politics thing. I'm going to do weight loss now. Sure, mine as well. But, uh, anyway, so you got all these people coming together to give talks. Oh, gosh, then you have Bristol Palo. We can't even talk about that family. Okay, go mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So people coming together to give talks. One of the big differences probably is, like, at CPAC, you would have someone like Candace Owens there, whereas this thing probably wouldn't have <laughs> Candace Owens there, right? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. I, so it, I, it pains <laughs> me. It pains me to say that Candace Owens was at this event. And I, you know, no, at the but, end of the day, I don't know her. What? It's the, we've talked about this before and I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast and this is not to make excuses for the types of people they, they welcome at these events, but the Europeans have a way different like, view on things, right? They are willing to maybe, I don't know. They they just see a. Sometimes they just see the. They see an American, and they're just like, "We'll just have this American here, right?" Am I in the? I I think I'm saying the right thing. Yeah, I mean that was basically it. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean they don't have boots on the ground here, right? Um. So with, with to them, you know, Candace. They wanted. They basically wanted kind of a headliner American to speak. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they went with Candace Owens. She was like the keynote speaker. 
No, and that was okay. what was annoying. So it, it okay. they did shuffle the order, so it seemed like it. But no, her speech was shorter, and um, the key. I mean, the 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 big speech was Marion Marichal at the end, and then the the maybe second biggest was Eric Zemmour, um, a, a, a a French Jew from Algeria, um, at, towards the beginning. Um, his speech has been very controversial. I finally. I've read a couple English translations of it, and uh, not a huge. It's interesting, mm-hmm. um, but Candace Owens was there. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you know, yeah, they don't know that. So you know, I feel bad, but like I kind of, in the people I was talking to, was like, well, you guys know she's only been conservative for like ten minutes, right? And like, mm-hmm. this is not. Um, a serious person and then somebody raised the issue of well but you know does it show diversity and i was like well not really because in america here you go racists love candace owens so <laughs> like if that's what you're thinking um hate to break it to you but mm. uh so i mean again i don't know her she seems very nice i've never like i say in america we have to pay for our own health care so i'm never going to criticize anyone's job um but the I don't know. I just so they don't have the situation we have where there's like an entire kind of um, industry of sort of political entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, like a, I think Candace Owens is a published author, but you know, a prominent figure that's associated with politics. Um, you know, to them is a political person. You know, I mean, they're. They don't recognize that there's a difference between like a serious person and a not serious person. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, she was they, they her speech. She spoke well. Her speech was fine. There was just this really awkward part where she went on this tangent about police brutality and Black Lives Matter, and she. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like she says, you know. After all this hubbub made about blah, 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 in the year 2016, there were only 16 unarmed black people killed by the police. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, well, okay, but that's 16 people. Like, yeah. And I'm just sitting there in shock. And everyone, in, it was kind of a head scratcher for everyone there, too, because, um, like, they didn't invite her there to talk about American police brutality, but especially not to, like, dismiss it as not really existing. Um, so, again, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it it was an odd kind of 10 minutes of the conference. Um, she did have quite the security team. I don't know what, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, I, we've all, well, no, Kim Kardashian in Paris, you know, Americans have to be careful over there, but, um, <laughs> the, I don't know. She, I feel bad running her down, but you know, it, obviously not really my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, so what, as a, young catholic gentleman who went over there to cover this what was there anything what did you take away as far as catholics was there anything i mean was it just that they're just cool no so it, it i don't my french is not good enough for me to be able to actually um like listen to the speeches and know what's going on mm-hmm. um you know i can pick up this and that and you know you can kind of hear certain terms but, and, you know, I can hear Macron, and then everybody laughs. <laughs> um, it, it's funny. So, like, 
you know, if, if you think back to like the Obama years, when you brought up Obama to conservatives, you'd probably get like booze and all this stuff. Mm. Um, with with Macron, it is uh, they it, it's a laugh line. Like they just don't take him seriously. He's like, I was saying, he's not a polarizing figure mm-hmm. because they do not take him seriously. Like he's just a joke to them. Um, which I thought was interesting. Like he doesn't seem like somebody that you'd like that like people wouldn't protest him because they like that would mean he's like legitimate yeah right um so i would i um when the event started and it kind of moved on to the cocktails and like the party time i decided to go hang out with the volunteers who were mostly french students and were like they actually wanted to practice you're a man of the people you're a man of the people zach apparently um but you know i just wanted to to see you know that they were just there and i was talking to them and i was like the conference has been great because it was logistically done very nice the energy was good um and they were talking to me about you know why they wanted to be involved and a lot of them mentioned you know in, in france you have this situation where you have sort of the cities and the rural area and there's a huge divide so these people out in the country um they live on like 800 euro a month there's no jobs they and they basically just don't exist. Like nobody really cares that they're out there and they have no voice in anything. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I'm not a big fan of this whole, everyone needs a voice in everything, mm-hmm. but everyone needs to be thought of, you know, and well, under previous systems, sure. You had to govern the entire, um, populace. The, uh, the unfortunate thing about democracy is that you only have to govern, you know, the loudest people. Um, so hearing that, hearing them discuss that i mean and you know french farmers have this astronomical suicide rate um it's like two a day in a country that's you know the size of texas um and and that's not a very big demographic there Mm -hmm. um the and then they said you know and then the people in the cities that they know you know their peers because these people were more urban like they basically you know as long as they have their iphone and their porn is what one person said to me then they don't care what happens to the rest of the world. Yeah, I was, um, and I mean that that's pretty relatable, right? Sure. Like, I mean, how many people would that describe? Like every, right. you know. Um, and so, let's see, those were some of their big issues. A lot of them, you know, they nobody can afford to live in Paris, which is kind of you know realistic. Except that our friends that they're not, you know, super wealthy, and they can live in New York City. So I mean. Um, it is strange that there's not even like you can't even find like crappy housing, I guess mm. that's affordable. Yeah, well, I mean, put in put enough people in any apartment and you'd be able to live there. I don't right. know how many they how many there are to an apartment, but right. Know. And so you know, France you know puts forward to the world these kind of values of of freedom and liberty and this and that but it it seems to only apply to like a a narrow a a smaller and smaller circle of people and liberalism man right liberalism for the few and i mean and that's kind of what that was the joke about uh about bitcoin is like bitcoin um finally uh finally seems like most currencies after most of it lands in the hands of just a few people (laughs) that's right um but that was the the thing and I you know I, I talked to several people and was like is there one issue that really brings you guys here 
Like in the United States, a lot of us will coalesce around, um, you know, abortion or people will coalesce around the environment or, you know, certain types that will be immigration. Um, you know, is there an issue? And they said, well, there's not a general, there's not a specific issue like that. It really is this sort of sense of being kind of just ignored by the whole process and that, that France is like run by an algorithm and nobody can can do anything about it and it's not benefiting the people um and well i saw how how everybody came together after notre dame so maybe they should just become a catholic country again well and that's the other neat thing is that like the older french right are like not particularly religious um i think i mean i don't know them again like i can't I, but my, the younger french kind of right conservative people are more um catholic and they you know i i was so i bought um bottles of champagne and i was like but you can only have some if you promise to go to mass tomorrow nice nice and um but they you know they were going to mass and that was what um some people that i talked to were surprised when i came back and said oh yeah they were they were like really the french right going to mass that's actually kind of interesting um so this was a new thing. This wasn't a continuation of kind of existing right wing movements in France. And that's one of the reasons that the, you know, established right wing parties didn't really roll out. And Marine Le Pen, the former right wing candidate, not only did she not go, she encouraged her followers to boycott. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the, the cool part of it. And then recognizing what the issues were, because, I mean, obviously the the issue most people think of because of how it's reported in America is that, oh, it's going to be just about Muslim immigration and they're going to be complaining about, you know, brown people and this and that. And I mean, I'm not going to pretend that didn't come up, especially with some of the speakers. I mean, that, and it, that is a huge issue for them because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's the numbers, right? Um, but that just really wasn't the focus and the focus was kind of, okay, yeah, the immigration thing, but like, here's these other issues that like are really a problem. And, you know, if we focus only on immigration, then we're going to we're going to attract, you know, the wrong people that get really excited about that issue, a.k.a. racist. And we're going to, you know, alienate all of these people who need help, who live in France, who, you know, have no money, who have no opportunities. And they're not represented or thought of by the um, by the regime. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was, you know, that was the value that I saw in it. And then, you know, of course the students were great. We followed each other on Instagram. Most of them didn't have Twitter, but I told them they needed to get it. Um, I invited them all to America. <laughs> Where are they staying? Oh, I don't know. They're mm-hmm. going to probably gonna have to go to New York. So I told them they could stay at Kev's place. Okay. Okay. Well, he doesn't listen, so it'll be quite a I surprise. Know. Friend of, friend of myself, not, not necessarily friend of the show, Kev. Um, hey, well of, that, Friend of us as individuals. Yeah, I was going to say that makes it, don't, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. friend of us as individuals. I don't know that he's ever heard us. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, and what was interesting was coming back and saying I'd been at the conference, and, you know, my impression was from the people I spoke to who talked to me about their lives and their issues and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? And they're like, oh, I can't live in town. It's too expensive. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a bummer. Um, 
And then I get back and people are like, what was it like at the French, you know, right wing convention with the Hitler youth type thing? And I was like, yeah, this that wasn't those kids. Like, th- these are not the people that I met. Like this, this like caricature that you have of European right wing movements. I, be, I don't know to what extent that applies to older generations or to other movements, but this wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was I came back really excited and they were Catholic. They. Um, they cared about issues like poverty and pornography and, um, you know, education and in religion, of course. And, mm-hmm. you know, they want they want France to be the, the eldest daughter of the church again. Yeah. What are you so what are you going to write about in terms of. So I've been writing about it, um, basically just kind of going through the talking about the people I've met, kind of what what brought them to this conference you know what, uh-huh. what makes somebody um choose to give up their weekend to go to uh, la convention de la Loire, um and kind of more than just going know, to paris of course right i mean these are the but yeah i mean these are the people that were french though like you know the young people mm-hmm. kind of the youth of the movement the people that you know um so that's kind of what i'm talking about is the you know i had pretty extensive conversations with them um and at the end, this this is why, like, everyone says French people are rude. They were, like, the nicest people ever. They're like, next time I come to Paris, they've all invited me to stay with them. And, and then, like, thank you for letting me practice my English. And I was like, I just feel awful that I, I'm here in France and I, I'm speaking, you know, a foreign language to you guys. Like, I should know French better, right? I was like, trust me, the your types in America do not like to speak anything other than English. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, they were, I mean, they literally were like appreciative. Like one of them sent me a message, like, thanks again for letting me practice my English. Like that's literally, I know. Um, and you know, I mean, I wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything sketchy. So I kept giving them opportunities to say something, you know, (laughs) bad controversial. Yeah. I I just wanted to see, like, I, I, you know, cause there's, I mean, I know these people and we've talked about it before with the online radical stuff is that, you know, radicals, they don't, they keep all that they play their cards close to their chest. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once, or vest, once, yeah. Vest. Yeah. Once you like, vest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they keep their cards close to the tiki torch. And, uh, once you, <laughs> um, you know, once they, they're looking for some kind of signal that this person's an insider and that they can, you know, tell the truth. You're, so, you're waiting for so, them to like make the, make three parentheses with their fingers. Right. Like I was, I mean, and not, I don't, I guess I wasn't doing that blatantly, but I wanted to make sure that that they were like comfortable talking to me. And I had this interesting track record at getting people to admit like their secret opinions to me. Like (laughs) I can tell you which of my friends are like actual communists, which of my friends support polyamory, which of my friends are like, like hardcore racist. Like for Mm -hmm. some reason people feel very comfortable sharing um, their secret, like, opinions that they're ashamed of with me um which i love and i would never out any of them so mm-hmm. you know um, that's a pa- that's my... a patreon episode <laughs> yeah for a patreon i'll tell you which of my friends uh hold ideologies that say that polyamory is the only natural uh lifestyle um did you walk around and you were just waiting for them to like secretly put word or covertly put words in three parentheses with their fingers I mean, it... Each one of those things where I was like, well, and you guys are, you know, French, and, you know, I, I think 
you guys concerned about, you know, is the future of France going to be French? I yeah. mean, I don't, you know, I, basically I wanted to know, I was like, are, is this a racist thing? Um, because I know that's a real concern. And we've talked about the need for Catholics especially to to not um, form coalitions with racists who might agree with us on one or two issues. Sure. Right? Like, because it, there's profound differences in their views and ours. I mean, even on abortion, um, pro-life racists are not helpful to the movement, and, like, we don't need them or want them, you know, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Um, so I kind of got off track. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't getting the, like, you know, oh, you know, talk nice in front of the American kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm telling you, these these were good these were good kids good i like uh i like good kids they're good good kids are good and so then people were like okay zach's at fashcon Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh zach's in paris for fashion week and fash week Mm -hmm. i was like stop with the fash stuff this is not these are not fascists um but you know that's kind of the the standard joke that people make about anything you know right-leaning and obviously i don't describe myself personally as right-wing and i especially in american in the american context i I don't know how to square most right-wing views with um catholicism since they're not you know from i mean they're they're based on a kind of protestant history Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, for Catholics, we don't really fit that, at least here. And then there, I don't know anything about it. But, you know, I mean, you don't you don't, you don't want to get too close to any movement other than Catholicism. Um, so, but yeah, I had fun. And then, you know, we we got to um, go to Mass at, at Saint-Nicolas, uh, Le, Le Chardonnay. Chardonnay, that's a wine? It is. Okay. What are you talking about? A city? This was a, no. It was just a, a church in Paris that had the Latin mass. Chardonnay. Saint Nicolas de Le Chardonnay. Oh, okay. With a T. It ends in a T. Oh, like yes, wine. yes, yes, yes. Um, I got to go to mass there. Um, I got to go. I I walked by uh, Notre Dame. Um, oh, another thing. My brain cannot handle when. It's like Notre Dame and when it's Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I'm talking about the school, Notre Dame, yeah. I always have to pause and be like, okay, how am I saying it this time? Yeah. And then when I'm talking about the actual word, Notre Dame, I'm like, okay. It's not if Notre there's Dame. a pigskin involved, it's Notre Dame, Zach. Right. And But it's one of those things that like because you have to switch back and forth, I just like never know – like I can't just naturally let whichever word come out. Like I always have to pause and be like, which one am I going to say now? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I got to see it. The front is still the, the kind of, um, the facade still looks lovely. The construction's underway. Um, you know, I don't know what will happen with it. They've, they've made it clear their intention, which mm-hmm. is to restore it to what it was. The problem is brought to you by L'Oreal. Right. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, the problem is, is that they're doing that for aesthetic purposes, and it wasn't built for aesthetic purposes. It was built to glorify God. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like, it took them hundreds of years of being Catholic before they could even start it, and then hundreds 
of more years to finish it as a profoundly Catholic culture. Um, you know, that sure. culture doesn't exist in France anymore uh, right. to any large scale. But the hope is that it, maybe it brings it back. It, if, if it doesn't, then they're no worse off. If it does, then that's good, right? You know what I mean? You make, I mean, you, I you think that it, the, the, what they're doing is going to be the least worst thing to do. You know, they're just going to try to do it to the best of their knowledge, um, how it was before it burned down. The, the main thing is that, like, again, they're building it for for man, right? Like, they're they're going yeah. to be building it so that man looks at it and thinks this looks like what it used to be or, oh, this is pretty. Right. It's, a, it's, it it's very much before. a secular monument at this point to the over, overwhelmingly to the people of France. Yeah. Right. And they don't even I mean, even a lot of the Catholics, because, I mean, you meet people that have really well-ordered um, tastes as far as architecture of churches mm-hmm. Um, but even then, you know, they, they always kind of talk about it in reference to, you know, these churches make you feel more close to God. Or like they, they always kind of talk about it back in reference to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though the, the, the end result – so, again, I think it will turn out lovely. They take a lot of pride in Notre Dame, but it, it can't really be what it was because it was built for God and it's going to be rebuilt for man regardless of who does it, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but it's also a a difference, too, between, you know, how things work in America and how things work in the rest of the world is that buildings like that have, you know, history. And, you know, it was a it was a, the Temple of Liberty or something during the French Revolution. Like it wasn't even a Catholic church at that point. Mm-hmm. And so it's the cathedrals in these ancient buildings have been through a lot um even in britain you know you have westminster abbey which was catholic and then you know they took it over the the anglicans did and they you know genocided the catholics and and took their property um and in the united states you would have torn it down and built something new like every time anything happens you just tear down all the the buildings and build new ones up you know and so that's the difference is like you don't really have a lot of buildings in the United States that are like, oh, this building has been through several different phases. It's like, you know, multiple times this building has been bulldozed and redone to fit new tastes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, this is another chapter in the, you know, thousand year history of Notre Dame Paris and you know, a thousand years from now, this will kind of just be an interesting, oh, okay, and it burned down, and there was this, you know, horrible tacky generation that rebuilt it, and then, you know, eventually, saints returned to France and fixed that, and, you know, yada, yada. Kind of like what the Bronx did with Yankee Stadium, Zach. They they tore down Yankee Stadium to build a new monument to the corporations, and they they call it the house that Ruth built, and we know that that's not the house that Ruth built, Zach. We know that that one got knocked down and this is a new one, but they're trying to fool us. They're trying to make it seem like, no, this is the same Yankee Stadium. All the mystique is here and all that stuff. And we know. You know what I mean? Right. We, I mean, you, yes, totally. We, we all know. Right. I think about that so much. I know. When you were, you were, when you were staring at the cathedral, you were thinking about back in the Bronx where Derek Jeter used to hit singles and doubles and home runs and the occasional triple. 
the occasional triple. Uh huh. Anyway, <laughs> um, so that was good. But yeah, so th- I mean, but that is just a difference in kind of architecture, I guess you could say, is that w- the American way is to tear things down and build new ones, um, which mm-hmm. really, if you look at it, speaks to the whole kind of Protestant um, mindset, right? Um, so it again, it's still f- there's a reason for that, basically. And the one thing that is still somewhat Catholic about France is that they obviously they don't go around tearing these buildings down. They tend mm-hmm. to, I mean, even if you find like a Burger King, it's like in a, you know, they, they just built out an existing space. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's, it's, do you, it, that would be attributed to like French nationalism and French pride, right? Like, is like they just, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I think some of it is just, it doesn't occur to them to do it that way. I mean, and oh, obviously there's enough. also costs and things like that. But like they just don't necessarily think, oh, why don't we just bulldoze what's here and yeah, build like, some like pre pre manufactured, you know, monstrosity. And have you seen like, those pictures of Germany where there's like clearly old Nazi buildings that are just housing new things now? Have you ever seen that? No. There you can look no. it up. There's pictures they'll show you side by sides of where you can clearly see the outline of what used to be some Nazi symbol, not like a swastika, but like something else. And they just left it up and now it houses like a Burger King or something. Like it's, they just didn't think to, maybe we don't want that there. That's kind of, it reminds me of in, uh, in Broken Arrow where I grew up, there was a KFC, um, you know, KFC on top of their sign has like the giant chicken bucket, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was sold to an, the building was sold to an insurance agent. And they just painted it white. Like, they didn't tear down the, <laughs> the giant chicken bucket because, like, I guess that was going to be cost prohibitive. So it, it, they had their sign, and then on top of it was just this white, what used to be chicken bucket. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Uh, or how you can always, obviously, people always say how you can always tell what used to be a circuit city, right? Because it's it, like the giant plug. Or whatever. I mean, just the the building look, you know, they have that shape to all their buildings yeah, yeah. no this I is loved good. that commercial how you'd have like the circuit city and then that giant you know electrical outlet would like or the plug would like drop down into the front of it yeah remember those yeah that was tv that was tv matt that was that was our tv not these not tv these days man these kids don't even know oh my gosh the the current generation is so screwed um i we can't even we'll have to do a different episode about about that um okay anyway so i'm trying to think if there's anything else um about the event so when i would go to get food at the conference there was this uh this algerian lady and she caught on quickly that i didn't speak french and then she also didn't really speak english but she would she would try to make fun of me and so i would be like bonjour and she'd be like hi <laughs> and then just start laughing nice and then when i would <laughs> what like a joke good joke and then when i would like and i mean it was funny because she was it was just hilarious to her that i couldn't speak french sure and i i it was hilarious to me that it was hilarious to her because um like i'd be like uh you know messy and she's like you're welcome goodbye <laughs> and then just crack up laughing and i'm like this is amazing <laughs> like whoever that's like i just wanted to go like this she was French Algerian. I just wanted to go, you know, 
When's the wedding, Zach? Right. Um, let's see. What else went on? Um, I got to eat at uh, le- the the editors. Is what it's called. Let the um, since you know I am an editor now. So apparently, um, I one night the first night I was there, I had forgotten like the etiquette of like. So you just go in and sit down, and then they deal with you in France, right? For the most part. Uh-huh. Um, I had forgotten that, and I it was like I just couldn't even figure out what to do. So I just had to go have McDonald's because it was very late the first night we were there. Wait, what? You like so all the restaurants were yeah. sit down, but you have to just go sit down, and then they come to you. So they don't have a host, it. right? Okay, or they. I mean, they. It's just different. So anyway. I go and sit at one place, and then after, like, five minutes, I'm like, well, I don't know that I did this right. And then I'm worried that they're closing. It's, like, my first night there. I'm tired from the travel, um, you know, and all the wine. And so I uh, I had to just walk to So you just went and, and got a like Royale with cheese. Get some chicken nugs. I had to get my chicken nugs. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see. I really like... Uh, to eat crepes, that's crepes if you're uh, American. <laughs> um, and so after the conference, I get back. I'm like traveling with um, a friend who writes for uh, National Review, and um, I forget that like I have all the keys. And I'm like, okay, I really have to have a crepe, and it's like two in the morning. Um, and so I just like start walking down the street. So like eventually I'm going to find like a street vendor that's still open at this time. And so like maybe a quarter to a half mile down the road, I find a place that's open that late. So I, I have a crepe with Nutella. Um, and then I just start talking to the people there. I tell them, I was like, Oh, is it a conference with Marion Marshall? And they were like, Oh, we don't like her. I was like, okay, well, you know, I was like, me neither. Yeah, it was late at night. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, um, you're like, yeah, 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 totally. I went there to boo her. Right. And so we, but we got to talking and they really, they liked Kanye West and we followed each other on Instagram. And then um, when I was leaving, I taught them about group hugs. So we had a big group hug. Um, and then, then I left. And so then as I'm walking back, somehow I'm in the middle of another crowd of people. And they didn't like Kanye West. No, not at all. And they were like, we, they're like, you know, you, they're like, you probably know nothing about French rap. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know anything about French rap. I was like, will you, will you teach me? You know, Did they tell you about former San Antonio Spur point guard Tony Parker and his French CD, rap CD? He didn't, he, he didn't come up. I okay. will say he didn't come up. Okay. Um, but so then I start talking to them and like they're you know, telling me all these things and they, they speak like perfect English and French. And I'm, you know, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're, like, <laughs> you're like, no one I know speak perfect of either of those. Right. Anyway. So I learned about, and then I, I get back to the hotel. At this point, it's been like an hour doing this. Like yeah. Talking to people, getting the crepe, coming back. And my my travel companion, Liam, was like sitting in the lobby. And he's just like, where have you been? And you're like, funny, funny story. Yeah, funny story. Sorry, I have all the keys. Um, so then, you know, called it a, uh, it was a successful weekend. I I do love... Um, and then the, the last day I got like a little bit of time to do some actual, like, you know, touristy stuff. So I went and saw the Eiffel Tower and, um, you know, the Champs-Élysées. Totally. 
so I can't wait to go back. If you're listening to this from Paris, um, bonjour. Uh, <laughs> oui, oui. Je t'aime. Um, and, you know, I invite me back to visit. Next year, I, next year I'd love to speak at the conference. I'm just going to manifest that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> can we make jokes about that? Or is that like, what, what, what happens on that? I do whatever you want. It's just... This is your French episode. Going out well, to all your right, friends. M- manifesting is not a French thing. Oh, you're talking about manifesting. I Yeah. Oh I yeah, no, about... that probably results in demons. Go Yeah, I mean go try and get that speaking gig by all means, but I'm sh- when in doubt it probably has to do with demons. Um right. No, I know. It's you know, so first Mari Kondo and then he's manifesting. We've mm-hmm. lost Zach to the new age. He's going to become like a a pudgy forty year old woman in the United States, okay. um, like okay. your your typical new age practitioner. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I give French uh, trois. That means three. Wait, no, no, sorry, two, <laughs> duh, which means two thumbs up. Oh, so good. When were you there last weekend or the weekend before? It was this past weekend. So okay. I was there. Um, like the last weekend of 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 September, which is what they call it in France, which is September. Ah, yes, September. Um, I've heard of it. Le uh, le le vingt huit September. Ah, September. Sure, you could That's be saying through the thirtieth. You could be saying anything right now. You know, I, just say I Macron, was, and I'll go. Macron. <laughs> I was complimented several times on my French pronunciations, which was funny because another American there, who I won't name, kept like correcting my pronunciations on things, uh-huh. and I was like, "No, I'm sure that I'm saying this correctly." You're like and, Gladden. I'm sure I'm saying this correctly. <laughs> right. But I'm not going to name Gladden's name. Um, and the according to the actual French people that I met. Okay, they said I have very good French pronunciations, and like my my speech flows in a a French appropriate way. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. All right. Anyway, what's uh, let's get this episode started. What's in the news? What's in the news? Um, apparently, President Trump's getting impeached. Okay. Well, you want to do a saying of the week? Are you going to make it Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Well, other stuff is in the news. Is there, No, there's really things happening, though, right? Um, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott broke up. Okay. Didn't hear that one. Um, Zach, there's people out there that are dying. I love that quote. The Joker movie. Have you seen it yet? No, I have not, but I'm excited, too. People are being so dumb about that. I saw a tweet um, when I got on the podcast Twitter account. Someone had retweeted one that said uh, something like, "It was, it was really weird. I bought a ticket for the Joker, and they che- they searched us for guns as we walked in, and if we didn't have one, they gave one to us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm going to find that so I can retweet it. I saw um, Todd Phillips, the director, 
said something about like I'm I'm staying away from comedies now because of cancel culture and like woke culture, right? Oh, grow up. I know. That's kind of what I was like we listen, we did that we did that in 2015, right? And also all of your comedies were like butt humor and like gay jokes and like you're not you weren't you weren't like aiming high at the highbrow comedy anyway. But with that being said, I've heard Joker's great and I would like to see it. I was Joker movie skeptical and you know I Joker guess skeptical. I guess I was probably wrong. Well it just shows eh, oh I was gonna say I guess I was gonna say it wrong, but we've had three people play Joker in the past what just over a decade and all three of them were met with skepticism, and two of them have gone over well, and the other one is Jared Leto. So, uh, good work, everyone. Good work. I'm proud of you all. I want to hear about the Joker movie. The funny thing is, I don't really go to movies. Hey, so... wait. The wor- All the people... We haven't talked about the Downton Abbey movie yet. Have you seen it? No. Okay, so here's the deal. I was supposed to go home to see my parents when it came out and so mm-hmm. we were going to see it together and then um for france reason for, no not france it was a week before okay for business stuff i had to stay in town and postpone that trip but then because of france i couldn't just postpone it one weekend and so i can't i can't see it without my parents without causing a lot of problems for myself and the fam like it will just never ever not be mentioned that we were going to see it together and then i canceled my trip and saw it without them so um to everyone out there that's i know i get i get i have i've received your questions we're getting your messages you we wish we could respond we wish we could I know, respond I, to all I, of them when i know it's upsetting a lot of people that they really wanted my takes on it but like i i can't like surely you understand mm-hmm. that this would be really bad for me if i were to go see it without them like, imagine what my Thanksgiving would be like if I did that. Okay, so you got to be a little bit less selfish and think about how this impacts me. Yeah, I know it's already <laughs> been o- it's already been awkward since you converted to Catholicism. The last thing we need well, is right. Like, how many things am I going to throw at them? <laughs> what was the tweet you said? They search you for guns, and if you didn't have one, they what? what was I'll it? I'll I'll find it and send it to you. Okay, because I'm trying to retweet it, and like none of my search terms, and I'm going to get on a list. I'm like, Joker, guns, guns, gave, search, jokers. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, just send it to me so I don't get the FBI calling me about my Twitter search history. Okay. Um, they're not busy. Yeah. The so uh, that's what we got going on. And uh, anything else before we – we can do a Saint of the Week. Yeah, let's have a – uh, Saint de la de la semaine. <laughs> Wait, what? I was trying to say Saint of the Week, and uh, the week is la semaine en français. Um, but I, I didn't, it didn't come out. Just do the Saint of the Week, Matt. Okay, well, <laughs> va- <laughs> valiant effort. Ah, uh, this is the episode where Zach speaks French. We say bray. We say bray. Saint Remigius, Remigius, or Remy, Saint Remy. Hey, French, a French one. You'll like this. You're French now. Bishop and confessor born in the year 437, 
died January 13th, 533. His feast day is October 1st. He is the patron of France. Oui. And he is always attributed with a book or a lamp or a dove. Like many saints, you know, you not many saints, but a lot of saints I found are born into the highest levels of their society, and Remy was no different. He was the son of a count and uh an accountant? Yeah, one could one could only hope. He became noted in his schooling for learning and sanctity, and he was elected bishop of Reims in his 22nd year, although he was still a layperson, Zach. He was also both Lord Chancellor of France and, correct me on this pronunciation, dear Zach, referendare of France. It's. Do you know what that is? I'd probably have to see it in writing. Referendary? 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 I don't know. <laughs> okay. You just, you ne- okay, in French, you never stress any syllables, and you kind of have to look at the ends of the word as like a, like kind of a, it's just there. Okay, the ends. <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, I couldn't find a ton about uh, St. Remy. But he was under the protection of the king, King Clovis, who, and the king was actually baptized by the saint. Uh, so he he spread the gospel among the Franks, and during this he was known to have been endowed with an extraordinary gift of miracles. And bishops who were assembled in a conference that was held at, held against the Arians at this time declared that they had such a zeal for the faith and for defense of the faith because of the the works and the example set by St. Remy, who they said has just every quote has everywhere destroyed the altars of the idols by a multitude of miracles and signs. St. Gregory of Tours refers to him as a man of great learning, fond of rhetorical studies and equal in his holiness to St. Sylvester. So, that is St. Remigius, Zach's French saint. All right, well, that's that. Any final words before we leave the people, Zach? Nope, I've lost Zach. All right, we'll talk to you all next week.